Starting a sustainable fashion brand but have no idea how to find an ethical and sustainable manufacturer? Not sure where to look for low MOQ production partners and don't want to be scammed? Well, I'm going to give you a list of 10 steps so that you can successfully source ethical and sustainable manufacturers. By the end of this episode, you will be well on your way to securing the manufacturer you need for your sustainable fashion brand and be confident that you are making the right choice. Before we dive in, I just wanted to say that I have some really exciting news. We just launched the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs, or TSF, and it is the ultimate resource that we have put together to transform the harmful fashion industry. I've been teasing it on the podcast, and we've also been teasing it on our Instagram stories, but it has finally launched. It is absolutely free for you to join, but that does not mean it's BS content and will be a waste of your time. There's actually over $14,000 of value in it. I went all out to provide you something that will be incredibly valuable so that you can do the important work to revolutionize and transform the industry. When you join the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs, this is what you're going to get. First of all, I'm going to be doing monthly live workshops in there. If you want to see my face, ask me questions and make sure you join TSF because we'll be doing monthly live workshops. This is valued at over $4,998. There's also the masterclass that I've been talking about on the podcast housed in the TSF community as well. So you can watch that on your own time. This is a free online course. This is valued at $3,998. Additionally, you're going to be getting myself and my team's support because I know building a business has a lot of moving pieces in it. So you want to make sure that you get supported. And this is valued at over $2,998. We also have accountability systems, so making sure that you continue the progress and keep up the momentum to actually reach your goals and launch your brand. This is valued at $1,998. And then we have a discussion board as well where we are going to be posting industry news, industry trends, innovations so that you can stay up to date. This is valued at $998. And last but not least, there's a lot of networking opportunities for you. So if you feel like because you're a solo founder or even if you have co-founders, you still don't have other people you know in the industry, well, join TSF and you will meet a bunch of like-minded individuals, which I think will be really, really exciting. Doing the math again, there's over $14,000 of value. I am so incredibly proud of this resource. It's the best thing we've put together to date. I spent 70 plus hours investing my own time into it. I've really made it something I'm incredibly proud of. The team is so excited about it. So join if you haven't already. You can do so at www.recloseted.com slash TSF. And the link will also be in the show notes for you. We also have podcast and YouTube specific discussion boards. So this podcast episode that you're listening to right now will be talked about in the community. So after you listen to the episode, if you have any questions, feel free to ask me in the comment on the podcast post and we can dive in as well. But my goal is to make this episode really, really comprehensive. As I mentioned, we are going to go through 10 steps. So without any further ado, let's dive in. Join the slow fashion revolution with Recloseted Radio. As the number one podcast for fashion entrepreneurs with a conscience, We're here to help you reach new heights. I'm your host, Selena Ho, the founder and CEO of Recloseted, and I'm on a mission to share my insider knowledge and strategies for launching a successful sustainable brand, growing your existing slow fashion business, and making your brand more environmentally friendly. I also invite industry experts to share their stories and insights too. 
So subscribe and let's get to work on transforming the harmful fashion industry. Step one is to determine which manufacturer would work best for you. Have a vision of where you want your production partner to be located, what you want it to look like, and create a bit of a vision around this. If you don't have a fashion design background or you don't have fashion experience, then really make sure you leverage your design team. If you listened to my last episode around how to find sustainable materials and mills to work with, it's really similar because if you don't have the experience, then obviously we're going to leverage the experts that you have trusted and hired. And you can ask your design team specifically for the pieces that you are making, what machines or expertise you may need to take into account and really make sure your production partners are equipped to do that. And of course, get their expert opinion on what they would recommend. One thing to take note of as well, for your first collection, you do not have to work with a full-scale production facility or even a traditional factory, especially if you aren't sure about your inventory levels or you're going to do pre-sales, which is what I recommend to my clients and also in general to our community. If that's the case, I recommend you stay local and try to seek out smaller businesses. This can look like local sewers or independent sewers in your area. You can even approach your local seamstress or tailor and see if they could help you, at least potentially in the sample making stage if you're just looking for someone to create samples quickly. But then also if you're doing a really low scale quantity pre-sales launch, then perhaps they could even help you with your first launch as well just to get you going. And then there are smaller local factories and businesses as well that you can hire and you can work with. And usually with those factories and businesses, they will have more machines. If you go to your local sewer, they may not have the machine that you need, especially if you're making a more technical garment. That is something to keep in mind. As such, if you are working with something that is more technical, such as hiking gear, then you are likely looking for certain types of machine that can work with Gore-Tex, for example, and things like that. Again, leverage your design team to really get an understanding of how seams are going to be put together, how things are going to be fused together if needed. And then that way, you know what machines you're looking for and you can ask around and see if they are equipped to help you and be able to bring your vision together. One thing to note as well is that you don't have to work with a big production facility, especially if you're making something that is quite common, like a t-shirt or a sweater or something like that. I also don't recommend working with a huge production facility from the get-go because usually they have really high minimum order quantities that you need to hit. But also, because you are a smaller startup brand right now, they usually won't give you the attention and the love and the care that you need and deserve because you're just quite frankly not a big enough account for them and you won't be spending as much as the bigger brands they're working with. So a lot of the time you can feel like you want to work at a production facility that maybe is making these big name brands but just know that sometimes you will not get the love and the care and the attention that you deserve. You would actually be much better off working with a local sewer or a local smaller business because then they can really get involved in your business. You can ask them a lot of questions and they can almost become partners with you. So just a thing to keep in mind and consider. I know there's still bigger production facilities that have great customer service, great customer experiences, but it's just something to keep in mind, right? Because at the end of the day, if you are not spending even half of what their other clients are spending, they're probably going to allocate their time 
more to those other clients because it just makes more business sense. Once you have finished this first step of really determining which type of manufacturer would work best for you, step two is to set up criteria for your manufacturer. Similarly to my last episode where I talked about how to find sustainable materials, you need to set up criteria for your manufacturer as well. And just know that finding a good production partner does take time and effort. Do not just go with whoever you find first. You want to ensure that you find and you are working with the best of the best. If you are not working with us and we are not warm introducing you to our trusted contacts, then you need to put in the time, the work, and the effort to find someone. And it's really important to make this criteria before you look so that you aren't affected by emotions and it's just a business decision. Here is some suggested criteria I have for you. First of all, you need to note the name of the factory, where they're located, the website, the contact person and their position, their email or contact information, have all of that there. And then the next thing you want to start to take a look at is the types of garments they manufacture or what they specialize in. Because obviously, again, if you're making a Gore-Tex waterproof jacket for hiking and they manufacture shoes, then it's probably not a fit right? Really making sure that you know what they specialize in. You also want to take into account minimum order quantities or MOQs just to ensure that you as a small startup brand are comfortable with those. And you want to know about lead times as well. How far in advance do you need to put in your production order? What does that look like? Then you want to make note of pricing. And then I would definitely have a status section around which manufacturers you've contacted, which ones you vetted, which ones are not a fit, et cetera, et cetera. And then have a bit of a notes section as well so that you can take notes. Once you have set up your criteria, step three is to set up your evaluation system. Utilize a Google spreadsheet, an Airtable, a Notion, whatever you need to do to be able to keep this organized. This is key. You want to make sure you can snapshot view, see everything that's going on and the statuses of everything. That way, you can stay on track. Step four is to start gathering manufacturers. You really want to cast a wide net so that you have a lot of options to choose from. How you can do that is ask your network. You can Google. You can search online. Leverage LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, Reddit threads. You can also leverage sites like Shanodale or Seamless Source, and we'll have links for those down below. But essentially, I've talked about this in the last episode, but it's like a job posting site. And you can say that you're looking for X type of manufacturer. And then these business owners can pitch themselves to work with you. Note that it is really important to be super clear with what you're looking for though. What type of products you might be creating. What machines or expertise you may need. I would also specify that you are a startup small brand. And you are just starting out, so you are not trying to sign up for huge MOQs. If there's an ideal MOQ you are trying to hit, or if you're looking for even no MOQ manufacturers, then make sure you say that so that people can self-select. Once you have gathered a list of all the manufacturers, step five is to vet each one. It's crucial to do this once you have a list you are happy with. Make sure you thoroughly vet them so that you are comfortable working with them and partnering with them for your business and for your products. It is so crucial and so important to do your due diligence here. I have heard so many horror stories about really botched manufacturing jobs, and I'm sure you have heard those stories as well. And that's why this step is crucial. You want to do your due diligence and vet every single person. Pull up your spreadsheet, your Airtable form, your Notion, whatever it is, with all the criteria and really make sure every single manufacturer that you are considering 
goes through each stage of the criteria that you've developed. And then if you have your top contenders, you then want to interview them, question them, grill them even, and make sure it's a perfect fit. One quick note on certifications. I know I mentioned this in the last episode as well, but you can ask them if they have certifications. And it is not always a red flag if they don't because a lot of certifications can be expensive and time-consuming, especially for smaller local businesses. And a lot of them that are genuinely doing the work would much rather continue to do that work to have a positive impact on the fashion industry versus take the time to fill out paperwork. And I know a lot of them think this way because I've talked to quite a few of them. And so it's not always a red flag if they don't. But of course, there are situations where it is a red flag that they don't or they have fake Photoshop certifications. And so you really need to probe and you really need to do your due diligence. One thing I would definitely ask is if they don't have certain certifications, ask them why and really dig deeper. Is it a budget thing? Is it just too expensive for them right now? Is it a time thing? Do they just have a lot going on? And then if they don't have it right now, can they prove to you that they are doing the work and they would qualify and do they have potentially a plan to get certified? Really ask those questions and dig deeper. The really important thing about this is to trust your gut throughout the whole process. I know that trusting your gut can sometimes sound wishy-washy, but honestly, if you feel like something's off or something seems fishy, but you can't put your finger on it, really trust that feeling. I cannot stress this enough. It's really important to do all your due diligence, probe, dig deeper, ask questions, don't shy away from this, and really find an amazing partner to work with. This is not someone that's just going to make your products. Think of them like your business partners because that is essentially what they are going to be. If you approach it in that mindset, you will take it as seriously as I want you to take it. Once you have really vetted and asked questions and probed all the manufacturers on your list, Make sure you record all the findings in your Google spreadsheet, Notion, Airtable, whatever system you have set up so that you can stay organized and stay on track of things. And step six is almost a continuation of step five, but once you have your top contenders, it's time to go even deeper and put the magnifying glass on them. Really have a lot of conversations with your top contenders and almost interview them. Really get specific around, you know, what other brands they work with, samples of work and portfolio and the key is to make sure you're really happy with this and then you also want to ask them how they pay their garment workers as well is it by hour is it by piece and honestly there's no right or wrong way but it is good for you to understand how the garment workers are incentivized because if they're being paid by piece the garment worker could try to get through as many pieces as possible and then that could sacrifice product quality and also forces them to work in more of a slightly stressful environment because they are then trying to churn out as much as they can. But also paying by hour can encourage them to work longer hours because they know that if they work more, they get paid more. There is honestly no right or wrong way, but it's good for you to at least know so that you can understand how they're being motivated and you can also be mindful of how to manage that. You can also ask how many garment workers they have on staff This is good for you to know just so if you have a lot of demand coming up, can you actually grow and scale with this facility? You also want to dig and probe into how they treat their garment workers. And you don't want to necessarily outright say, how do you treat your garment workers? Because no one's ever going to be like, oh, I treat my workers poorly. That's just not going to happen. Instead, ask really pointed targeted questions around 
How does their lunch break work? How long is that? What benefits do you offer? Really ask them those types of questions that can give you an indication around how they're being treated. And then you also want to see if they are open to doing a visit. And you definitely want to try to do it in person if you can. If you need to travel, trust me, it is worth it. Or at the bare minimum, do it virtually. But it is really, really important that you are comfortable with the facility and the factory that you're going to be working with. And there's a lot of things that you can make note of. You can see if the worker's setup is really, really crammed. You can take a look at the outlets. Are they frayed? Are they not probably up to compliance? Do the workers generally look happy or do they look really tired? This is really kind of subjective and more qualitative, but just go into the facility and try to pick up on these things and see if you notice anything. And definitely do a gut check as well, because remember, trust your gut. If something feels weird, if something feels fishy, then it likely is. It is also really important to ask this question, which is what happens when there is too much work? Does the factory outsource it to other factories? Because the process of outsourcing to other factories is where a lot of controversy happens, where brands vet this one factory, they want to work with them, and then unbeknownst to them, when the factory gets too busy, they may outsource it to other people that you haven't vetted. And maybe that other factory is not up to your compliance or up to your standards. So it is really, really important to ask this question. And you can also say like, hey, if there's too much work, I would rather you be upfront with me. I want to be in constant communication. I want to be transparent with each other. And so you can negotiate if you are willing to potentially wait. Of course, though, you want to be quite strict around this as well because you don't want to always be the client that's being delayed because they know that you're flexible but negotiate with them and tell them that you aren't comfortable if they're outsourcing unless maybe you get to vet them as well make sure you communicate this because this is where a lot of stickiness comes up for other brands and then last but not least ask if they're comfortable being on your website and your promotional material it's not necessarily a red flag if they say no because some people could just not be comfortable but It is important to ask in advance and it can be a plus if they are open to it because that would really help with your transparency efforts. I cannot stress this enough that you need to do your due diligence. It is so important to make sure that you are comfortable with everything happening. And if you're not getting a warm intro from our trusted partners, then really take the time and the energy and the resources required to dig and probe and ensure you're happy with the production partner you choose to work with. Once you have finalized who you're working with, step seven is to get them to make samples. Once you have gathered the list, once you've vetted them and you are perhaps down to your final two or three, then my next tip is to get them to make samples, which is almost like a practical interview or a case interview, if you will. You're going to invest money to make these samples and this can range anywhere from $150 to even potentially $300 depending on the type of garment you're making and the complexity. And the reason why I really want you to make samples is because then you can actually see the quality of work and the sample theoretically should be their best work because they're trying to win your business right now. If they can't even nail the sample, there's no way your production is going to be better. I can guarantee you that. Really make sure you get them to make the sample so that you can actually basically do a practical case interview and see who does the best. And the first sample is not going to be 100% perfect because you may want to switch things up in design, but really what you're looking for here is the quality of the sample. Is it well made? Are the seams looking good? And also take note of how they receive feedback as well. 
because you will likely need to make a few tweaks and iterations to the first sample. When you give that feedback, are they receptive to it? Do they seem like they're annoyed? Do they belittle you? Do they mansplain to you? Like really try to notice all of that because it's a really good test run. And like I mentioned, if they can't get it right during the sample stage and you move forward, adding more quantities during productions is just going to amplify the problem and there's just going to be more mistakes. In other words, if they can't get it right now, there's no way your production's going to go seamlessly. And I wanted to give you a little story. I once had a client that before we started working together, she had found this local facility and she had really fallen in love with it. It was a woman-owned local business and she really wanted to support them, which was great. However, during the sample process, the quality of work wasn't there. And when she gave feedback, the team seemed to always kind of miss a couple things. But she decided to move forward anyways and really vowed to be super organized and clear with her communication moving forward. And at the end of the day, you can only take so much responsibility for your communication. But if the team executing isn't set up for success internally, and maybe their processes or their SOPs aren't set up, then they need to change something. It's not necessarily a you problem. And so long story short, they went into production and there were so many problems. In particular, there were a pair of pants they were making and it actually started busting at the seams when customers were wearing them. It's a complete nightmare and it's a really wild situation. But like I mentioned, she was having issues during the sample stage, which is why you really want to make sure you're wary of that because if they can't even nail it during that process, then there's no way they're going to be able to do it during production. All this to say, do your due diligence get them to make samples, and really test run working with them. I don't want to scare you. I just don't want this to happen to you. So I would much rather you be cautious and careful and really do your due diligence because that way you will take the time, energy, and effort required to find an amazing ethical manufacturer or local sewer that can bring your pieces to life. Step eight is to quality test the samples. Once the samples have been made and there's a couple or maybe just one that you're really happy with, Make sure you quality test it, wash it, wear it all the time, and just knock it around. And if it falls apart, really discuss with your design team if it's a design flaw or it's a material flaw or they just didn't manufacture it properly. It's really important just to quality test all of that so that as you are developing your product, you are comfortable with it and you know that it's going to be a high quality piece. And once you have finalized who you're going to work with, step nine is to go through the contract process. Tell them you want to work with them. They're likely going to send over a contract and read the contract with a fine tooth comb. If you are able to hire a lawyer, I would actually highly recommend you get a lawyer to review it. And this is because you want to make sure you and your brand are covered. There's some key things you want to be aware of, though, through the contract process. Really take note of what they are responsible for and what you are responsible for. So i.e. you might be responsible for delivering the tech pack to them and all the instructions at a certain time. They're going to be responsible for producing X quantities. Really make note of this. And then the other thing as well is the payment terms. You want to make sure you know when you're paying. It is absolutely not fair for you to pay 100% upfront. Most people do 50% upfront and maybe 25% midway through production and the remaining 25% at the end. Ideally, you can do 50% upfront and then 50% at the time of delivery and completion, but I will leave that up to you to negotiate and kind of decide with your lawyer. The other thing as well you want to make note of is the NDA or the non-disclosure agreement and the confidentiality, especially around your designs. 
you want to make sure that they are very hush hush about that and this is protected on your end and then you also want to inquire around what happens if the designs do not turn out like your tech pack or your sample this is really important because sometimes this does happen and you want to make sure you're covered either the production partner makes it for free within x amount of days or you get a refund and your money back or all of the above this is up to you to negotiate and really figure out with your lawyers as well. And then last but not least, step 10 is to secure the partnership. Once you're happy with them, you've done your due diligence and you're happy with the contract, then sign it and then send them all the information, the tech pack, the markers, all that jazz. I wanted to leave you with a bonus tip as well. You want to make sure you treat them with respect and like an actual partner. It is so important to create and foster a great working relationship so that you are set up for success. Make sure you treat them with respect and like they're a partner in your business because they are bringing your products to life. Highly recommend you do the following items. First of all, set them up for success. Stay organized, give them everything they need, your technical package. And I'm going to link my design video in the show notes. This is a YouTube video I put together around how to design products, even if you don't have a fashion background. And I think that this will be really helpful for you. Also, make sure you communicate. Always err on the side of over-communication and make things super, super clear. Feedback you have, changes you want, deadlines you want to have them meet, like really make sure you over-communicate and make things super duper clear. You also want to document everything. This helps with communication so everyone's on the same page, but also covers your butt because if you say they need to bring the seam over two centimeters and they don't, well, you have proof that you said that and then you have proof that they didn't so that you could perhaps go back into the contract and ask them to redo it for free and or get a refund. It's really important you document everything. And then on your end, you want to meet all of their deadlines. Never be the bottleneck in production. If you are working with someone in your business and they're always late getting you stuff, like it's going to suck working with them. So just be someone that people enjoy working with. This goes without saying as well, but pay your invoices on time. That is the respectful thing to do. Plan it out, ensure you're on top of it, and then generally just be appreciative of all the work they're doing and just be a respectful human being. And those are the 10 steps on how you can find an amazing, ethical, and sustainable manufacturer. If you have any other questions, feel free to join the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs. The link again is www.recallsit.com slash TSF. It will be linked in the show notes for you. But we are going to talk about this podcast episode. If you have any comments, questions, Make sure you join the community and then I can answer them. And on top of that, you will be able to get the monthly live workshops with me, the free master course training, and additional support and accountability and discussions that you can be a part of when you join. I can't wait to meet and support you inside the Sustainable Fashionpreneurs. And that's a wrap on this episode. If you got value from this, I would appreciate it if you could take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at Recloseted. Be sure to subscribe to the Recloseted Radio podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode and you have access to all of our valuable resources. And if you're feeling generous, please rate our podcast five stars and leave us a glowing review. I'm cheering you on and together, let's transform the harmful fashion industry.